Stampod Productions. Hi, I'm Tom Pidcock and ride for Ineos Grenadiers and you're listening to On Your Bike. Hello and welcome to On Your Bike. My name's Sandy Rutavagela and we are following the tour of Britain. I'm stood just on the start line alongside Harriet Muckle. Yeah, it's my first ever cycling race. It's absolutely buzzing. I am so excited. We can see the riders. They're getting introduced on the stage as we speak. Hopefully we'll be able to catch some of them. Yeah, and we've got uh, a team briefing to get onto. We've got uh, lots of fans we're going to catch up with as well. Uh, I can see Andy Hawes, who we spoke to in the preview episode. And if you haven't heard the preview, then you can go back and listen to that as well. Uh, he's just getting everyone organised. Also, is that the Mayor of Altrincham? It is the Mayor of Altrincham. Wow, that's that's the celebrity we all wanted here on the start line in Alty. Right, I'm going to give Katie a call because Katie's, of course, our third co-presenter. Uh, and let's see if we can catch her on the phone. Hello, Katie. Uh, sorry, we got a bit delayed. We were going to call you a bit earlier and then we got caught up trying to catch up with riders, which we managed to do. Uh, so we'll hear from Luke Lamperti in a bit. And uh, Gonzalo Serrano, although that was in Spanish. Did you know Sani is basically fluent in Spanish? He was just like, oh, let's conduct the interview in Spanish then. I mean, I'm not sure how well it will work for a podcast that's in English, but yes, we, we do have a, an interview in Spanish with Gonzalo Serrano. Um, right, Katie, we are, uh, as we're recording this, 25 minutes from the start. We're surprised we're still, like, allowed. We're on the start line, Katie. We're actually stood here. Um, and no one's moved us on or anything. Um, but yeah, what, what, are you, what are you looking forward to at the moment? I'm just so excited to see the race get underway. I'm thrilled that you guys are there experiencing it firsthand. Uh, we've got a brilliant sunny day here in Newcastle. Is it the same down there for you guys? Yeah, <laughs> uh, I mean, we're struggling to hear you a little bit actually, but uh, I think I just about called that. Um, yes, so. It is a beautiful sunny day, is, yeah. My, my face is kind of burning actually. I don't know I'm absolutely boiling, I'm not even going to lie. Move into the shade a little bit. Um, well, Katie, you're right. We, we definitely can act, have access to pretty much anyone. It's very different to, to football, and there's no real press office. In fact, one team came up and they had a press person with them, and the announcer was like, and here's the team, and look, they've even got their own press officer. So, yeah. <laughs> oh wow amazing yeah it's a little bit different isn't it <laughs> very different it's a lot more chill it's very chill it's it's nice it's a good vibe um, right so uh for anyone who didn't listen to our preview episode just give us a quick reminder katie who should we be watching out on the top yeah, so obviously we've got stage one today, which is a lumpy stage, as we might call it. But because the last climb comes quite far from the end of the stage, there's plenty of time for everybody to catch up. So I'm thinking it's going to go down to a sprint today. And my tip for the day is Olaf Koy of Jumbo Visma. They, of course, have Wout van Aert with them, uh, who is himself is an excellent sprinter. But he has said he's going to be leading out Wout, uh, Olaf Koy for the sprints. But they're not going to have it all their own way. There's plenty of other strong sprinters at the race. Yeah, it does feel quite sprinty. Um, Harriet reckons that... Uh, in fact, you know, we're going to move slightly away from this big loudspeaker. Harriet reckons that the penultimate corner, or the, the final corner, is where we might see a crash, Katie. Yeah, they said on the corner going on to Dean's Gate's meant to be mental. Nightmare. I'm not looking forward to watching that one. I'll, have my, I'll be biting my nails back at home, I think. <laughs> Yeah, but nail nail biting. Um, we are so we're just walking down um, the uh, start straight, um, just to see the blue arched Altrincham stage one sign. Um, we're the other side of the barriers, so uh, we've got a lot of fans here. Uh, give us a big uh, hello, everyone. That was really oh, subdued. Wow. Hey. Um, so these are all these are all you're all now in episode uh, two of On Your Bike, a new cycling podcast. Give it, we should give you a sticker, shouldn't we? Yes. Give some stickers. There's right. someone here. Yes, there are. So um, we're just waiting now for uh, Jumbo Visma and Ineos Grenadiers to come through the start line and um, get themselves registered. Katie, so how much of this registration is actually just a formality of just, you know, a bit of a parade? And how much is there actual stuff that needs to be sorted? 
It's just, yeah, it's just they have to do it every day. It's something that happens at every bike race, the sign-on process. It gives them a chance to walk over the stage and wave, and it obviously gives you guys a chance to grab a few riders for a chat. But, yeah, they do need to do that every day, otherwise they're not officially registered for the race. Like They've already got like the, the bib numbers and stuff. It's not like in road racing where you, you actually have to pick up your pins and faff about with that. That they should all be set up to go. Yeah, some you might find a few turn up late. Yumbo Visma tend to be quite late running. Um, it's a bit of a habit of theirs. <laughs> so let's see if they're true to form this this time round. So Yumbo Visma have a habit of turning up late to these things. Yeah, it's, it, I've seen it happen a fair few times before. Actually, they like to they like to be you know a bit of a, a, a bit of a late entrance. Okay. Uh, well, Harriet's busy talking to some fans on the side, giving out some stickers. Uh, Katie reckons that Jumbo Visma make a habit of deliberately turning up late to these registration things. What, like superstars that they are? Yeah, I think that's it. Turning up fashionably late, is that what they do? In the, in the yellow jerseys, giving it the big Jumbo Visma? Well, you know, they are, the, they are some of the superstars of the race, so I guess it's fair enough. We're getting wing whistle as, as, uh, as riders from the Bora team with pastors. So, what does stage one, Altrincham to Manchester, look like? Here's Sunny with a preview. Welcome to Manchester, the home of British cycling. We do things differently around here. Just ask Chinese bike hire firm Mobike. This is where they came to die. Here's one being attacked by a gang in Ancoats. One appears to be smoking, as if someone's tried to set it alight. If too many of the bikes end up at the bottom of the Irwell or the ship canal, then they'll just take the bikes elsewhere. But that aside, it's great to have the tour back here. It was last year in 2019. It's a multi-year deal they've got to have Manchester involved in the tour. And we're starting in the hipster's paradise of Altrincham. This is where you can go for a craft beer and an overpriced sandwich, but the market is very nice. In fact, you know what? It is a lovely place. It's very lovely. It's what the rest of South Manchester feels it should be, kind of isn't. Anyway, we then go anti-clockwise around the city. We've got a sprint at Hazel Grove. That should be fun. We go past Mosley. Yes, Mosley, not Mosley. Up to Oldham, which is basically just hills everywhere. Everyone in Oldham has buttocks of steel. There's a climb at Grains Bar. That's a category two climb. And then we head around to North Manchester where uh, sometimes it can be a bit grittier, probably not the roads, uh, and eventually up to Ramsbottom. And this is where things get very tricky because we've got the rake, category one climb with a gradient of up to 22%. This is gonna really test the riders, get them out of the seats if they're gonna go for that victory uh, or just try and survive. That's also been the home of uh, the Hill Climbing Championship for three years, uh, and it also featured in the 2019 race. So that's pretty fun. We then go around, still anti-clockwise, up to Wigan, a lovely part of the world, before heading through Salford and into the city centre with a finish on Deansgate. It's an iconic street. Usain Bolt has once ran down there. Here's what route director Andy Hawes has to say about this day. We've got two great King of the Mountains locations, including Rams Bottom Rake. We've got a sprint in Hazel Grove. We've got 96 starters taking to the start line, um, and it's just going to be absolutely fantastic. We're in the heartland of cycling. The support here is building already, so it's going to be amazing. And that's it, Manchester done. Start time 11:45 a.m., and they're aiming to be on Dean's Gate by 3:53 p.m. This is an interview with Luke Lamperti ahead of the uh, start of stage one. <laughs> right, taken out. you I got mean, taken out. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's the first race and I'm already getting taken out. Yeah. Luke, uh, how are you feeling ahead of the race? Yeah, I'm excited. Uh, yeah, really nice weather and looking forward to a nice week with the guys. It's done it the last two years and yeah, it's always a really nice race. So looking forward to another week here. Yeah, and a, a British-based team as well. So there's a lot of hopes, a little bit of hope on you. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think, uh, yeah, being on a British-based team and here in Tour of Britain, it's a big race for the team and it's always exciting. Uh, lots of fans from the team come out and yeah, it's always quite an important race for the team. Now, Harriet is a newbie. She's never been to a race before. No. Any advice for her? It's chaos. <laughs> no, I mean, welcome to your first race, but yeah, it's definitely, uh, I don't know, it's chaos. You'll figure it out as it goes, but bike races go a certain way and yeah, it'll, it'll come along. I'm worried about seeing a crash. Do you think there's going to be any crashes? Yeah, for sure. Uh, I think it's part of the sport, you know, like obviously we all want to be safe and 
knock on wood, I would say this is normally a safe race, but uh, yeah, you never know, you know. Hopefully the weather holds out and it's a bit nicer, but uh, yeah, hopefully you don't have to see one. I'd, I'd rather you not see one, but uh, we'll see. And it's sunny this week. Apparently it's like the best weather ever for the Tour of Britain. How do you feel about sun in England? Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. Every race I seem to do here, it's raining. Uh, I've been here twice this year for Worlds and one other race. Both were raining. Last year, Tour of Britain was raining, so uh, yeah, it's nice to see some sun. Jersey and bibs here. Amazing. Um, Luke, now this is a podcast, so it's not going to go out before the race. So can you give us a hint on what your team's plans are for today? Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, we want to actually, Bob Donaldson, a guy on the team, it uh, finishes really close to his home today, so we'd like to get him up there, and I think, uh, yeah, it's quite an important race for him, uh, and yeah, we want to get him up there in the sprint, actually, so a bit less for me today and a bit more for him on stage one. Awesome, well, good luck. Yeah, can thank you get a quick selfie? Yeah, yeah. Can I be in this selfie? It's all yeah, right, exactly. Like, all right, all right, yeah. Right, we are uh, just beyond the start line, just by the market, a few uh, yards away from where we were recording our, um, our intro pod, Harriet, and we found the man in the flesh he's not just a, a head on a screen it's Andy Horse hey how are we doing guys oh so excited to be here it's buzzing isn't it it's amazing yeah absolutely amazing um, so Andy you're about to do a briefing what, what's the actual plan here what do you need to tell everyone uh, so basically I hold a briefing um, before the start of every stage um, just to point out any sort of like uh, interesting facts uh, points of interest and basically a the whole safety uh, for the for the convoy on, on what's going to happen on today's stage. So, yeah, have all of the drivers uh, of all the cars, have uh, the um, uh, some of the pilots who look after the National Escort Group. And so, yeah, it's just basically uh, a fact uh, distributing uh, meeting. Okay, cool. <laughs> so you're like a human PDF? Something like that, yes, yeah, yeah. Is everyone here? Are you getting started? Are we, um, are we slowing you down? No, no, not at all. Um, I can see people uh, slowly making their way to them. I'll blow my whistle shortly, and that always gets their attention. Oh. <laughs> Listen, guys, it's, it's going to be super busy out there today. Uh, we know what this stage is like. Um, it hasn't changed. We've asked for as much parking to be removed as we can. It's just be vigilant, be safe, um, and just look after each other. And please, if I'm asking you to push on, please push on. So... Everybody good? Have a great day. Have a safe day and we'll see you all in Deansgate. Thank you very much. Cool. So let's welcome the riders here, including the man with a very big camera. Well, I meant to put these cameras on and monitor that. Is it okay if we get a quick five minute chat? Yes, but I speak English very bad. Oh, I'm, hablamos en español, si quieres, pero, pero, pero ese es por un podcast en inglés. Vamos a intentar y vamos a ver. How are you feeling uh, as, as the reigning champion? How do you feel? ¿Cómo sientes? En inglés, si quieres. ¿Cómo sientes por esta carrera? Ya, increíble, ¿no? En inglés, si quieres. No, en español mejor se puede decir, porfa. Ok, vamos a ver. I'm super, super happy to be here again one year later. The truth is, last year was a little bit different with what happened. This year I hope to have perfect form, good time, good weather, good riders, good participation and everything's perfect. I think for the first few days we'll rest for the sprint for Fernando Gavia and in the final few days go for the general classification and if not a stage. Uh, it's a Tom Pidcock. Uh, yeah, so sorry we couldn't quite catch up before. So I'm Sani and this is Harriet. We're Tom, we're a, we're a new cycling podcast. Um, Tom, second last year, you've got to be going for the win this time around. Well, of course. I mean, uh, yeah, you, you, I'm not someone who wants to settle for second. So, yeah, we, we try and win this year. And, and um, yeah, there's, I think uh, the field's maybe a bit stronger this year. There's some tough competition. But, yeah, this is, uh, yeah, the goal, I guess. I mean, first place seems to be your thing. You're multiple world champion in all sorts of stuff. And, obviously, I'm a newbie to cycling. Your episode was definitely the best episode in Tour de France Unchained. It was the most exciting, especially You're as a newbie. You're not the first person to, to say that. <laughs> You're full of personality. What can we expect from today, from you? Ah, yeah, today, I mean, today and the next five stages are, uh, yeah, kind of sprint stages. And, yeah, that's not exactly my thing. So, um, 
yeah, kind of flat, not so, not so difficult, and the big guys will be there at the finish. But yeah, we'll still get stuck in and have a go because yeah, well, why not? I mean, it's um, what else are we going to do? It's home race. We need to we need to show ourselves. Um, and you just had a moment there with a few of the younger GB right racers. Yeah. What did what did you say to them? Ah, yeah, they, they uh, wanted to ask some questions, and yeah, it wasn't so long ago that I was in their in their. Uh, not long position. at all. Um, yeah, on on the. I don't even know what it's called now, but yeah, in their situation and under 16, working with British Cycling, it's um, yeah, looking up to riders riding the Tour of Britain, running Tour de France. So it's um, yeah, I'm sure they're gonna have a nice day. Where do you feel we're at with with British Cycling? You've seen all those youngsters who are looking up to you. Got two British teams this year. You know, it, it kind of feels like the Tour of Britain this year. Not quite make or break for the sport in this country, but there, definitely there's a lot riding on it. Yeah, it, it's not in a great place to be honest. I mean. Yeah, there's a lot of um, yeah difficulties in the sport at the moment, and obviously in the world, it's not the, exactly the easiest time for for business, and and yeah, money doesn't go quite quite as far, and yeah, it's it's um, yeah, there's certainly a way a way to go to get the British scene back to where it was a few years ago. But I definitely feel like you're a really friendly, like kind of relatable person and I from feel like <laughs> from your, well we're <laughs> Lancashire but close enough. I just feel like you will really get more youngsters interested in the sport because you're so relatable. No pressure. I mean I, I've, I've, I've had some conversations recently with a few people to see what I can do and, and um, yeah so we'll, we'll see how I can yeah, make make a difference, and um, we haven't kind of figured out so far. We are being moved on. Uh, I think the race is about to start. We better go. Tom, we're, we're going to go. Um, we got we got uh, chucked out there. We need to get out. We need to get out of the way. Um, so let's get out and round. I think we got we got chucked off the start line, uh, rightly so actually. Oh, sorry. Well, there we go. The start is underway. Interesting that um, Walt Van Aert and Tom Pidcock were just away from both of the teams, just having a chat in the big group. Uh, just catching up. One of those two might be the winner. It's a Jumbo Visma uh, team car. Just hurdles past us. Comes in your Grenadiers. So, Harriet, what do you think? I thought it was a bit touchy even just on the start line. Everybody's so close together. Yeah, it was. Um, and, and the race director who, who threw us off, he was, he was quite forceful with people, wasn't he? Quite clear, you know. Well, he's just doing his job. But, yeah, he was trying to... There was a, a guy who ran down the start line and he was like, do not do that again. <laughs> Excellent. Right, the race is underway. Probably a good time to uh, hand over to Katie shortly and find out what exactly is happening. Because until I fire up my, uh, my my various apps, can't actually watch it. And we're going to try and get to the rake, maybe cool down slightly before that, and get going. So we're still early days in the stage. It's about 130 kilometres to go, and we have a five-man break out front. It includes riders from 
two riders, in fact, from the St. Perrin team, Jack Rootkin Gray and Seb Kiffin. We've got James Fouché in that break from Bolton Equities Black Spoke Pro Cycling, which is a New Zealand team. Uh, and we've also got Harry Tanfield, British rider riding for Unibet. And we've also got Frederick Vesnas, who rides for UNOX. So they are out there. Uh, they've got a gap of just over two minutes on the peloton at the moment. They went through the intermediate sprint not long ago. And that was taken by Harry Tanfield, who launched a sprint uh, to beat James Fouché to those points. And it was a bit of a sp uh, surprise attack, which he sprung and took uh, Fouché by surprise. So that was quite good. Um, and it's probably going to be quite quiet now. Uh, we've got a climb coming up in about 30 kilometres time. And then we'll see how we're going after that. Back to Sunny and Harriet, who are now out on course. Right, that's it. You've conquered, you've conquered the rake in a car. Okay, so I'm glad I was Not in the, the spirit of cycling, this. No. Hey, do you know what I was thinking? Maybe you could give me a backy. <laughs> do they still do those? <laughs> do kids in these Yeah, they do. do yeah, they do. Well, Harriet, we've made it to the top of the rake. I'd love to say that, like me, you cycled up it, but we drove the car. Um, and the road's now closed, so we, did, we timed it pretty well. I know, literally, it must have just closed as soon as we got to the top. Um, and it's it's a hive of activity. I can see the St. Perrin uh, lady from their team is, is giving out some black and white little flags. It's like Cornish flags, actually. Um, Berry. Yeah, we've got Berry Clarion, uh, who are actually the team that uh, Adam and Simon Yates used to ride for. That's when he started, because they're both from Berry. Um, so you, there might be some interesting people there talking about their... The connection to, to the, the, the best riders we've had in Britain in a long time. Um, I have left my sandwich in the car. We did think about getting some food at the shoulder of mutton, and it's pretty heaving. Um, the loos are free, though, You can go if you did, do need a loo. Did you leave your sandwich in the car? Yeah, I left it in the car. Oh. So I'm going to go get it, and okay. um, I'll leave you to just, I don't know, take in the sights and the sounds of the rake, and I'll come back for you, and then we'll, 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 head, we'll get a nice spot. All right, it better be a good sandwich. I'm Lucy Cronin, and I ride um, club-wise with Berry Clarion, uh, Berry Clarion Cycling Club, which is based in Berry, and is actually the original club that the both Yates brothers started off with. Well, I'm a Breeze champion, so, and I have been... What, what's a Breeze champion? Ah, right, well, if you're a British cycling person, then you would know, but um, it's the, it's the, it's the, um, the women's, encouraging women's, program that British Cycling have been running oh I think about it's certainly about 11 12 years now and uh, and they basically recruited loads and loads of volunteer cyclist ladies to encourage others and put on rides uh, so I started off doing that and now I'm doing all sorts of things I'm a coach and I've got into all sorts of stuff Oh really, that's amazing because they cancelled the women's race, didn't they? Oh I know, lack of sponsorship wasn't it? So, and this is why British Cycling put that programme on in the first place, was because the participation and awareness about women's cycling is still so below par compared to the men. Um, so it's worked really well, we're getting there aren't we, let's face it, you know, there is now, you know, a lot more televised um, women's cycling and uh, now there's a tour de femmes as well so i think we're really getting there but you know we're just as good as the fellas we're just a little bit slower that's all i and mean in other better than them in a lot of senses aren't we absolutely i mean i probably shouldn't say that should i oh it doesn't matter does it <laughs> well like obviously women's football that's getting way yeah, more prominent yeah. the lionesses are leading the way Absolutely. then obviously this week in the women's cricket the women are finally getting paid yep. the same as the men yep. for their test so we matches. get in there lime and soda and i'll catch you back sorry <laughs> a drink is definitely the most important part of this sunny yeah, day sorry we're, uh, we're having a beer so yeah so i've only joined the club since about 2017 when i first joined there was four female members and because I'd been a pre breeze champion, I approached the club and said, I think we need to do women-led rides. So I had women ride leaders for the first time. Um, and uh, we started to do more women-led rides. And then quite soon, there was a number of women ride leaders who, you know, and the membership just swelled really quickly. So we're about 25% women now, whereas we were before only four members out of probably, I think, 
probably only about 10% membership. The membership's swollen anyway over the years, um, male and female. But yeah, we have we've done really well. But I'm still working on it. When you see other female riders visible within yeah. the club, it just encourages more female riders, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. So we, we do need more female riders. So I do breeze rides still so that I can encourage new riders into the club. Um, and I'm one of the first breeze champions, I think, when it all kicked off to actually encourage a direct path from being on a breeze ride which is like for your beginners and people who aren't very confident to go into club riding and that is where the new members are coming from generally so have you got any key piece of advice that you give to any women who want to get into cycling join a club go to a breeze ride uh, and make sure your bike seat is high enough because if it isn't your knees will hurt <laughs> thank you thanks so much for your time honestly really appreciate Cheers. it have a fantastic day all of you thank you Cheers. good stuff nice one so there we go we've still got more people coming up this climb give us a cheer everyone we are ready. We are ready. So, if I haven't mentioned already, on your bike, a brand new podcast. We are following the entire tour of Britain, every stage. Assuming we don't have a heart attack getting up this hill. So, <laughs> give us a subscribe, everyone. Give us a subscribe. Hey. <laughs> I've, I've got my record up here. Are you, are you, are you the hill climbing champion? Uh, no, I'm not on the hill climb. Uh, no, no. Are you the are you the man on Strava? I've got the comment. <laughs> You're the guy, 2 minutes 30. No, 43. 2 minutes 43. I think it is, yeah. Right, so I've just been doing a little bit for our uh, social media, and uh, as everyone's giving a cheer, one guy says that the, the champ, the rake champ is here. So you, you, uh, what's your name, sorry? Jude Taylor. Jude Taylor, you're the guy on Strava. 2 minutes 43 up the rake? Yes, I've got the uh, official 100 segment. And... Don't go all murder on me here, but did you use a car? No, no, no. I live at the bottom and I just, I'm, you know, I'm not bad at it. I know it quite well. So um, I, I tried to come up here the other week uh, for the podcast. Did you get it close to it? Well, no. <laughs> but, but to make it worse, like um, Adam and Simon Yates' dad has already told me off because I need to clean the bike. Yeah. It, can't, it can't chain gear down properly. So I got, actually it was here, I was weaving, and then my momentum was so little that I just got stuck on the, on the handrail. Uh-huh. I tried to sit off and I just stacked it. No, no, you need to be going straight up here. Straight? You can't be hanging on. No. What, what would your tips be for any of these pro riders? In fact, you know what? We know, we know Van Aert's going to come like steaming up here and all the rest of them, but you know, the ones, the ones further down who aren't climbers, what's your advice for them? Well, my old teammate's doing this, my mate Brad. Um, so hopefully I only want him to hang on today. See, see if he does all right. Did you give him any words of encouragement or any, any advice? Ah, he doesn't need it. He knows what he's doing. He's you done it before. You didn't, you didn't give him like a, like, there's a pothole, right, in square A17. and you <laughs> No, no, no. <laughs> no, they'll be all right. It's, um, I think like, it's been fairly, it's day one. It's been fairly steady. I think they'll cruise up here. They'll be all right. Yeah. All right. Okay, cool. Um, and do you, do you race for a team yourself or anything? Yes, at PB Performance. Very good, yeah. getting getting the brand in. Um, yeah, so when, when, when's your next event? Uh, I've got a um, Beaumont Trophy in two weeks. Well, pleasure to talk to you. Yeah, thank you. I think it took me 16 minutes, but I did stop just on that driveway and like have a little sob for about yeah, 10 minutes. Yeah, you, won't, you won't go fast if you stop. <laughs> Put that on a T-shirt. <laughs> Buyers here. It's Zeb Kiffian in the lead of the breakaway, and there's a lot of cars coming up behind them, so they are well and truly on it. Who else did you spot in the breakaway, Harriet? Two. I think. Ninety one of these. <laughs> so Richard Richardson, who is that? I, th- I think it might Harry Burchill, yeah. ninety two. 
And they were going some, but even they weren't going like a million miles now. It's obviously. So that's the breakaway done. Now we're going to see who else is going to come up. And these are going to get a bit strung out now. You can hear the bells going. Here comes Andy. Go on, Andy! <laughs> Andy Horse, geeing up the crowd. <laughs> on his motorbike, both hands off the bike, waving everyone up. So if you see any numbers... I'm going to write them down this time. See if I can, like... Oh, here we go. Here's a bit of a bunch now, and I think that's Tom Pidcock at the front of them. They're really going for it. They're going to come right by us, Harriet. They are going for it, and they are right by us. Come on, guys. Breathing. Come on, guys. Oh, we've got a moto stall on the hill. They're getting up there, flying up. That's the main peloton then. That's the peloton. Oh, here we go. One left at the back. Moto stalled again. Come on! Go TV! So that was Ollie Wood. Ollie Wood just behind the peloton, climbing on his own, really going for it. I've just been stung by a nettle. Oh no. I was trying to get so far back in the bush. <laughs> We've had a casualty. <laughs> so Ollie Wood in danger of getting dropped. He's so a, we're he's waiting a, for the Gruppetto now? I guess so. If, if there is one, I don't know what the, what the situation is. So Ollie Wood there, he's been dropped by the peloton. He's trying to get up the hill, climbing on his own. He's, in a GB outfit, so he's going to get loads of support uh, climbing up on his own. And now we've got to wait and see who's left behind. Has anyone had a, a mechanical or has just been dropped entirely? And at this point, we're none the wiser. Perhaps Katie knows a little bit more than us. Hi there, Harriet and Sunny. How is it going? I tried to spot you on TV. Uh, I couldn't see you because it was so packed up there. It looked absolutely amazing. Um, so here's an update about what's going on in the race because obviously you guys are heading from one place to the next and you're off down to Deansgate now for the finish. So I can't wait to catch up with you then. So we've got just under 50 kilometers to go in the race. Obviously you were there on the rake. You saw that James Boucher of Bolton Black Spoke, Bolton Equities Black Spoke, sorry I always get that name wrong, um, he went over the rake in the lead, he will be wearing the King of the Mountains jersey tomorrow. Other than that, the breakaway of five are still out front, however, it shortly did just now drop down to three. So we've got the two St. Piran riders still out front with Frederick Versners of Uno X. So we've lost Harry Tamfield and we've lost James Foucher, who's done his job for the day. He's retreated back to the peloton. Harry Tamfield had an amazing mad skills moment going around a corner. I've clipped that up and popped it on my Twitter feed. If you want to have a look at that, it is quite something. Um, he stayed upright and he's just said, live on camera actually, he gave us a lovely impromptu little interview that he just doesn't feel like he's got the legs today there'll be other chances and he wasn't even meant to be in the breakaway in the first place apparently um so it was great to see him out there trying anyway um he's dropped back now so we're down to three at the front the mate they're maintaining a gap of around two minutes to the peloton but i suspect that once the uncategorized climbing's out of the way the peloton will start to reel back in that breakaway of three in preparation for a sprint finish on Deansgate, where you guys will hopefully be. So it is all together, 1.5 kilometres. So Harriet, we're, down now. we're, we're just getting one of the cars racing past now, one of the team cars. How are you feeling about all this? It's your first um, cycling race and your first cycling finish line. What do you reckon? I know, it's so exciting, it's so busy and so loud. Out of space, absolutely electric. 
even more exciting that we don't know who's going to win. And it's going to come down to a sprint, which will be so exciting. I don't know if that's necessarily what was expected of this race, but that's the ending we've got. Here we go, here we go, here we go. We have got the right hand still the right hand turn, and that is where there could be a crash. Yeah, they're going to be coming into sight shortly. Here we go, I can see one of the emergency cars coming through, whizzing with its red lights, flashing its lights on the front as well. Here comes the race director's car, that means that they That's are That's three from Team Jumbo Visma on the front. That's the uh, race director. Here they are, here they are, here they are! Team Jumbo Visma on the front is with Banner. And then it's Clush, behind Clush, it's Sam Bennett. Clush has opened up early, and it is taking the lead from Team Jumbo Visma. Rider number. 74 Absolutely superb here. So uh, Katie called it. She called it. She knows her stuff. All I've It's as if she knows what she's talking yeah, about. Yeah, she knows what she's talking about. So Cooge won. Cooge has won. Exciting. We just got one rider crossing the line on the own at the back of the peloton. It's coming in. That's James Booch, who, who took the King of the Mountains, James Booch, earlier. So he's done his job. He's had a, he's had a chill. Andy, how was it? Ah, uh, yeah, uh, awesome. Uh, crowds were amazing. Um, we've had some great racing, you know, the, the, the brake got caught sort of like within the last 2 Ks. so for the sprinters I guess it was absolutely excellent. Um, I, I guess I don't know who won, so... <laughs> it was uh, Cooge. Okay, okay, yeah. very good, very good. Yeah, no, the catch was literally within the last two kilometres, so uh, yeah, it was pretty special. We saw you going up the rake, giving it the big one, getting the crowd going. <laughs> I know, it was a bit like the library up there, it was so quiet, I don't know what was yeah, going you on. Got, you got them going, that's the thing, well, yeah. and didn't stop. <laughs> Everyone was cheering like mad. <laughs> no, it was a bit quiet, so uh, I thought, you know, I thought we'd give them a helping hand with the riders just behind us. You were both hands off the bike at that point, waving like that, both hands in the air. Good bit of balance. Uh, yeah, I guess, you know. Or you can tell you like tethered in or something. No, God, no, I wish. Um, no, 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 good bit of balance, trust in your pilot, and yeah, really good. So what are your tips for us now? This is both our first ever, as journalists, cycling, race, mix zone, going to getting in the mix. What are your suggestions of where we should be going? How should we find them? I would suggest that you get yourselves uh, in front of the podium. Yeah. Um, go and watch the presentation. Obviously, it's the presentation of the, the first set of jerseys uh, um, for this year's race. And then getting amongst it, see who's going to be wearing it at the end of the week as well. Cool. Yeah, we've had a cracking day. Yeah. Brilliant. And is the mix zone before the podium or after the podium? Will they file through on the way in, on the way out, or the ones who aren't on the podium, where do they go versus the podium people? Uh, so, so the mix zone's usually around the back of the podium area. Right, okay. um, and then there's regulations that we have to have the, the podium presentation done quite as soon as we can after the right. race is finished. So. I, I would go and watch the podium presentation, get some photos, soak up the atmosphere. I mean, the crowds on Deansgate, wow, it's crazy, yeah? <laughs> and I'm sure you got the biggest cheer as well. I'm certain of it. Oh, <laughs> I, not this time, not this time. Thank right, you, nice thanks so much. So that's Andy Hawes, route director. What a day he's had following the entire race. He must have been geeing up people the whole way. I feel like... The podium's going to be pretty soon, from what he was saying. Yeah, yeah, it will be. Uh, and we're right in the mix of it as well. We should give out some stickers, shouldn't we? Yeah, yeah. Give out yeah. Oh, the whistle's going. Why is the whistle going? You're telling us off already. <laughs> Would you like a sticker? Uh, hello, my name is Olaf Koy. Uh, really nice that you're listening to this uh, podcast. Congratulations. Uh, how are you feeling, first off? Yeah, uh, quite good, I guess. After a win, it's always... Uh, Always a good feeling, so uh, really happy to start uh, start this week with a win. Our co-presenter Katie Madrick tipped you to win this a week ago, so were you, were you as confident as her? 
I was yes. quite confident into the last K. I was, yeah, yeah. I mean, with Wout in front, uh, that gives uh, gives a lot of confidence. And yeah, once we got the break back and, and got first and second through that last corner, then I knew, uh, yeah, we were we were gonna make it. You don't even seem like you've done anything. It just seems like he's been for a cup of coffee, doesn't he? <laughs> um, what are you thinking for stage two? Oh, we'll be short and fast. Uh, it's only a hundred k, and yeah, today we already had uh, quite a hard task to to bring back the break. So I think uh, yeah, tomorrow we will be short and hard, but uh, yeah, also a new opportunity. Uh, I'll talk about the finish in the moment, but um, the rake. We were both there. How did you find that experience, especially with all those all those fans there from Britain all cheering you on? Yeah. I, to be honest, I didn't expect any, that many people today, so it was really nice to, to see see that many people out and uh, cheering us on. So it's always uh, gives a little bit extra to to a race, and uh, yeah, so really nice to to see see all those fans on the road and to finish here in Manchester is also uh, yeah really nice experience. And you had that lead out from Wout Van Aert into it. I mean, in fact, as you were crossing the line, well, you were crossing the line and you've just gone past the line. And just before you could raise your hand to celebrate, he'd already got his arm up to celebrate. <laughs> yeah, so oh yeah, it must be a good picture then. I, I think, uh, yeah, I, I wanted to be sure. So I kept sprinting to the line. You never know, but uh, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, once I went and once, uh, like I said, once we went through that corner, I, uh, I knew we were on for a good one. And were there any hairy moments for you? Any any difficult bits? You know, we, we've not got the best of roads in the UK, so I don't know if there's anything that jumped out at you. Yeah, there was one dog that uh, got a dog. Over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it caused a small crash, so that's uh, yeah, it's never nice. I think, uh, yeah, luckily we ex- escaped, but uh, yeah, it's all, all those are quite scary moments, and yeah, you always need to be be alert during a day, and like you say, with uh, not always the the best roads. Uh, yeah, you need to stay uh, stay concentrated, and uh, yeah, we did, and uh, yeah, we got it. You and what have kind of very alternating calendars throughout the year. How much have you kind of practiced that lead out? Have you ever done it before, maybe before Wavelgem or anything like that? Yeah, I think we, I only raced Wavelgem with Wout, so uh, yeah, we we have different uh, races throughout the year, but um, yeah, I mean he is uh, such a <laughs> such a good rider that yeah he knows what what he's doing, so. Uh, that that gives confidence, uh, although we don't race that that much together. But um, and was it the plan to go in that final corner while first you second? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Was ideally uh, was yeah was first and second through that corner. So um, then we once we we went through that corner, like I said, uh, yeah, it was just a case of going all out to the line. Thanks, thank you. Cheers. Cheers, thank you. Sorry, we burned through all the questions. That's right, I only had that one to ask you. <laughs> He smelt so nice, even though he's just been doing that. <laughs> oh, it's, it's, it's amazing how they do it. Right, we're by the finish line. Um, they are packing up around us. We'll see how long it takes for us. We are packed away. It seems like every time we go somewhere, everyone's packing yeah, away. Yeah, yeah, it's a running theme. Um, Katie, we caught lots of, of crazy moments, but you know, how would you sum up what we saw today? What, what actually happened? So, yeah, it was sort of as predicted, really. There was a breakaway, which stayed out nearly all day. We had a little bit of excitement at the end, where it looked as though they might stay away, but then the peloton reeled them in, and we got our predicted sprint finish, and also our predicted Jumbo Visma 1-2, with Wout Van Aert leading out Olaf Koy for the victory, which was, uh, yeah, it was a great start. Um, I do think it possibly sets a pattern for the rest of the race, so we'll have to see how that goes. Hello, I'm Sarah Storey. I'm Greater Manchester's Active Travel Commissioner. I'm also a British racing cyclist who's been to the Paralympic Games eight times and I've won 43 world titles. And you're listening to On Your Bike. What about women in cycling? I know the women's race was cancelled. What do you think is going to happen in the future? Well, this is all part of our, our programme, really, is to make sure that people, you know, people have traditionally seen cycling as a, as a sport for people who are middle-aged, mainly for male people, and it's not really been seen as you know, something that women can do to drive, to cycle to work. And, and so what we're trying to do is make sure people realise it is accessible for everyone. There are more women riding bikes. There are more women and children riding bikes. And having segregated infrastructure allows us to incorporate more people because they feel separated from traffic and, and, and there's, there's fewer conflicts between motor vehicles and people. From a sporting perspective, you know, we haven't had the Women's Tour of Britain this year, which was a huge disappointment for everybody. And I 
you know, it has to happen next year. I think it's one of those races that we can't have the men's race without the women's. And what we want to see is both races happening rather than what happened in America, the Tour of California. Uh, when the women's race couldn't happen or when the men's race couldn't happen, the, the women's race stopped as well. Uh, and we don't want to see that. So we need to see more investment in cycling as a sport. And I think that helps brands get involved and, and, and attract more people to their brands. So there's, there's a lot of economic benefits and a lot of reasons for brands to be here and involved and part of that sponsorship package. Yeah, and we saw you know Demi Bollering at, at uh, the Tour, lots of Kopecky at the Worlds. Like, clearly, this sport, especially for a women's side, is growing almost exponentially as well. Well, women's cycling, from a sporting perspective, we, we campaigned from... Well, I was involved in the campaign from 2018 to bring back the women's tour of Tour de France and, and that's provided kind of a platform globally and I think if you look at any of the major sporting events you now see the women right there up, up there at the top and the Olympics and Paralympics, the World Championships, men and women compete equally on the same events and nearly the same distances. You know, you look at a sport like tennis, now football, rugby, cricket. Obviously, you know, the, the recent announcement from the cricket, uh, the ECB about the, the match fees for women. So, you know, sport for women across the board is, is really moving forwards quickly and cycling has to make sure that it stays pace with that. What's next for you? So next for I me, know you must get asked this all the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, next for me, I'm going to be back into training and deciding whether I race any of the end-of-season races. There's not many, a few basically local races, um, just for fun. And then I'll be back into my winter training. And over the next few weeks, the final plan before Paris will be coming together. But first thing tomorrow, I'm back at work and, and going through my inbox because I've just come back off holiday. So I need to get back up to speed on what's happening with the Active Travel Programme and make sure that we're fully uh, fully committed to everything that's been uh, agreed with the local authorities. I love that you might enter a race just for fun because there'll be someone else who's been training really hard for that race and all of a sudden <laughs> get to the start. Sarah Story's here again, right, okay. <laughs> um, final question, um, Harriet's kind of new to cycling. Yeah, and I got, I nearly got, um, who did I get targeted Barry by? Clarion. Barry Clarion right. said, you know, do you want to join us? You can come on Monday night. But so. Harriet's general position at the moment is one of like, oh, I don't think I want to go on the roads because I'm not really feeling like I feel safe. Uh, one that a lot of people, a lot of female riders as well, or potential riders would say. What would your advice be to Harriet? Well, I think if you get a more experienced rider who can take you out onto the quieter roads, most riders who go out on road rides won't ride in the city streets. And uh, it's interesting that the, the infrastructure we're building within the active travel programme isn't for training cyclists, it's to enable people to commute during the busier times of day safely and, and segregated from the vehicle traffic. So a cycling club is a great place to start, getting a, a confident cyclist who can show you the ropes and explain you know, where to sit on the road, what to look out for, and to take you out into those country lanes at the quieter times of day. And more and more people cycling means that there are more and more people who drive cars who understand what it feels like to be on a, on a bike. Um, and yeah, go out and enjoy it and take the experience of that person who's offering it. So, I know the highlights are on ITV4 uh, later this evening, this being uh, Sunday. It's Sunday, isn't it? Yeah, you guys have oh, the days yeah. of all gone back together. Um, but, Katie, could you just run us, run us through um, where, well, say, I don't know, who's got the jerseys and, and what the general classification is as far as, you know, what, what do we need to know at this stage? Yeah, sure. So, we've obviously got um, Olaf Coy wearing the very unique and, and quite, quite stunning leader's jersey. Uh, as the winner of today's stage. Um, the points jersey, the points are determined on uh, who crosses the line first. There is also an intermediate sprint for points, um, but those points are less. So Wout van Aert will, Olaf Koy would own the points jersey, but Wout van Aert will wear it on his behalf. So he'll be in the points jersey. We've got James Fouché um, of Bolton Equities, Black Spoke, New Zealand rider and a New Zealand team. He'll be wearing the King of the Mountains jersey tomorrow. And Olaf Koy also owns the youth jersey, so that will pass down to the next youngest rider, who is Stian Friedheim from Uno X Pro Cycling Team. So that's your jersey wearers for tomorrow's stage in Wrexham. So the riders have finished the race. We uh, did try and get to the team buses, but we'd spent so long um, in the mix zone that the buses all drove away, <laughs> so we missed them. Uh, but now it's all about recovery for the riders. So what will they have to be doing to get themselves fit and ready for the start line tomorrow in Wrexham, well, Red Walters can tell you. So looking at recovery after each day in a stage race, uh, it varies a bit depending on you know what kind of staff, what kind of support each team has, but usually as soon as you cross the line, 
to get something really sweet and sugary like a Fanta or a Coke. Uh, that's, that's a common favorite. Um, and then maybe a few minutes later, once you've got to the team car and stuff, you'll get a protein shake. Then usually pretty quickly after, you're going to want to have your first meal. Uh, again, it depends a lot on preference, team and things like that. But usually it's going to be a pretty carb-based meal. You just want you know as much carb as possible, a bit of protein and uh, not much else purely because it's actually, at least in my experience, the challenge to fit in the amount of food that you need to recover, especially after a long stage. If it's, you know, four or five hours plus, then it actually is, I find, a big challenge to, to refuel as much as you need. And then, uh, yeah, usually, depending on how long the transfer is back to the hotel, then, you know, feet up and relax as much as possible. Uh, most scenes will have a swanee who can give a massage. And, uh, yeah, that makes, it, makes a really big difference having a massage after each stage. So, uh, yeah, and then usually another dinner later on. And, uh, yeah, generally just trying to make up the, uh, the calories burned during the race. And that was Red telling us all about the recovery of the riders and what they'll be doing back at their hotels now, um, getting rested and ready for tomorrow. So lots of massages, some nice nutritious food and probably a nice early night. Do any of the teams still drink? Yeah, who were the, oh actually, who was it at the Vuelta who was absolutely downing that champagne? Sup Chris, sup Chris from Yimbo Visma, yeah. There's debate about whether it was actually alcoholic or not, because their team manager actually, Richard Plucker, is very anti-alcohol. Like he had a bit of a spat with one of the other team managers at the Tour de France about drinking. Um, it was quite a bit of a drama. Um, so yeah, I mean, either way, he, he, he drank a lot of that bottle. <laughs> He did. The people were like, is he going to be drink driving the next day? <laughs> there are very few tables and chairs remaining, which means I think we're out of time, Harriet. I think we are. I think it's time to pack up and head to Wrexham. Yes. So we have been on your bike. Thank you so much for listening to us. If we gave you a sticker, uh, then yeah, I hope you enjoyed it because that was most of the budget for the podcast that's gone on to that. Uh, but yes, please do give us a uh, subscribe if you haven't already. Make sure you give us a five-star review. We are totally independent, so your reviews, especially if you write something down, actually make a big difference, because otherwise we'll just disappear into the ether. And we can tell you that me and Harriet are one of four journalists at the Mix Zone today. So clearly uh, we're doing something that, that people want to want to hear as far as one of the few people who can be there. Uh, but anyway, this is quite a long goodbye, so i better wrap it up. I've been Sandy Rodravagula. I've been Harriet Muckle. And I've been Katie Madwick. And a big thank you to, to Red Walters currently. I think he's in the Tour of Czech Republic, actually. Uh, I'll have to check in with him. Uh, on Your Bike returns in Wrexham tomorrow. Bring it on. On Your Bike is a Sandpod production.